Good morning. For the uh, reading this morning, uh, for prayer, I chose Ephesians 6.18. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. So, with this in mind, let's pray together. We ask you, God, this morning to lead us in prayer, to open our hearts, and to turn, turn them towards you. Help us to strive to learn the true value of prayer in our lives, the necessity of it, the blessing of prayer, and its life-changing effects on us. Work on us to make us a people and a congregation of prayer, that we should be connected to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, year in, year out. This morning, we also pray for Pastor Mike as he takes a few days to recharge and energize, that you would guide him and lead us, lead, help him to lead us forward. Give him wisdom. We pray for Pastor Elijah as he leads the youth and worship this morning, that he would have a growing love for young people and the lost. And we pray for Pastor Frank as he helps to foster connection and community. Let his love for you grow and overflow to those around him. Guide his words as he speaks this morning, that they would be your words to us. I'd like to call the ushers forward, please, and then we'll pray for the offering. <coughs> Let's pray. Our Father, grant us hearts that give freely, willingly, and generously. Bless this offering, that it would further your kingdom, that it would bless this congregation, that it would also bless Lloyd Minster, bless our country, and it would bless the world. In Jesus' name we pray. How do you fight your battles? I hope and pray that you fight them within the Lord and through the power of prayer. This morning, we begin our new sermon series called In Community. We're going to examine aspects of what living in community looks like, things that we ought to be doing to be in community. Now, our, our series text for the next four weeks is Acts 2. 42 to 47, says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of the bread and to prayer. 
every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. The temple courts for them was like going, not really, but kind of like going to the mall. Not in the sense that they were going shopping in the temple courts, but that's where they went to rub shoulders with the non-Jews so they could tell them the story of Jesus. So every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So we'll talk about prayer. We'll talk about fellowship. We'll talk about outreach and service over the next four weeks. All of these components are necessary if we want to live in true Christian community. And the components spring forth from God's word. It's like this stool sample. Oh. While it's, it's not a real stool, it's like a sample of a stool. You know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, thanks for Jerry Fredette for making me this. Um, anyways, let's, uh, let's, let's start again. It's like this stool, like the stool Jerry made me. If the base here was our foundation, this is God's word. Everything emanates, comes out of God's word. Prayer, community, sorry, prayer, fellowship, outreach, and service. We need all three. If you were to take one of those components away, you would get a very wobbly stool. It wouldn't stand up on its own. And so this is what our series is about. This is not going to go in for me, is it? No, it's going to have to come later. There we go. All the components are necessary if we want to live in true Christian community. So this morning, let's focus on prayer as an aspect of our community. Because it's in community that we pray together. And once I have finished, shortly, talking about prayer, we will pray together. But don't, don't, don't worry, I'm not going to do it old, old, old school way where we're going to break you up into groups of five and six with a bunch of people. You have no idea who they are. We won't do that. But we do have men that we have chosen to come forward. Men who pray for me on a daily basis. Men that I, I trust. They're not the only men I trust. But these are three men that I trust with my innermost and they pray for me. And, and they're going to come and they're going to pray for us. Gilles started us off on a great path. Julio's going to come. And then Ken's going to come. And they're going to lead us in specific types of prayer. And then finally, you will be given an opportunity for sustained silent prayer in your seats. Because it's in community that we pray together. But why do we pray? Why do we pray? Well, it's because God directs us to. Matthew 6, 6, Jesus says, but when you pray. You see, there's an expectation from Jesus that his people are going to be people of prayer. He doesn't say if you pray. He says when you pray. And in Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. The expectation here is that we would not worry about life. Instead, 
we would bring those worries to God. If you are here today with worries, stop carrying them. Bring them and give them to God today. Then in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, we're told to pray continually. The expectation is that we would pray often and regularly. And then Luke 18.1, Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and never give up. Who is going to fight your battles? The Lord is going to fight your battles. So don't give up. Bring those to God in and through prayer. That's why we pray. That's why we pray. How do we pray? How then should we pray? Well, Jesus gave us a model. It's found in Matthew 6, verses 5 to 15. Jesus was asked, Lord, teach us to pray. This is, this is how Jesus responded. He said, well, when you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they may be seen by men. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full already. But, but you, 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 when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door and, and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So the idea here is, is not that we must pray privately, that the only way we can pray to God is if we do it in a broom closet. The idea is that we are to pray sincerely. Just us and him. And we can pray us and him with other people around as long as there's sincerity in our hearts. He continues. He says, and when you are praying... Do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do. For they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. So do not be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. So, so God is not looking for the eloquent. He is not looking for the long, drawn-out prayers where we chant his name 27 times in a row. He doesn't want repetition. He's looking, again, for sincerity. So then Jesus says, pray then in this way. And I'm going to ask you to stand with me, and let's read this together. You, you, you know it, but just, let's just stand and read it together. We'll start with the Our Father. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts. And we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. Folks, this is not a magical incant incantation that we just read. It's not something that we read and when read and said aloud gives you a quick return on your short time investment. 
Nor is this the only way to pray. It's a pattern. It's an example. Jesus is not saying, this is the only prayer you ought to pray. He says, every element that I have listed in this prayer, though, ought to be included in your prayers. Notice the first two verses are prayers of adoration of God. They are God-focused. So we are to begin all of our prayers praising God, adoring God, thanking God. And Julio is going to come shortly, and he's going to do that with us. He's going to lead us in prayers of adoration where we just tell God how much we love him, how much we appreciate him, how much he means to us. And as we do so, what we are doing is we're submitting to his good and perfect will. The last three verses are prayers of petition to God. They are us-focused. We are to bring our needs to God. That's not being selfish. Jesus says, bring your needs to your Father in heaven. Food, water, clothing, shelter, forgiveness, strength to not sin, protection from the evil one who wants you to sin. And every time we pray, we ought to include these elements. God-focused, needs-focused, all with a sincere heart. And Ken is going to come shortly, and he's going to pray for our needs. A lot of you have sent in prayer requests. And we're going to pray for those up here. Those two men are going to pray for, for a lot of these prayer requests. And we thank you for sending those in, because we want to pray with you, and we want to pray for you. Not only do we adore God, but we want to bring our petitions to God. But what is prayer? What is prayer? Well, it's, it, it's as simple as it's a form of communication. Let's not make this out to be anything more than what it is. It's the way we communicate to our Heavenly Father, to our, our Lord and our Savior, and it's how he communicates to us. It's not, prayer is not like rubbing a, a magic bottle and, and getting your wish from the genie inside. It's not, a, it's not a tool that we use to coerce God into doing what we want him to do for us. It's not a device we use to get God to change his mind and change the course of direction for our lives. And I'm going to tell you something that may go to a lot of you sitting here can't believe my pastor just said that, but I also don't believe that there's more power when more people pray. I think it's good when we have lots of people praying together. But nowhere in scripture can I find where it says that the prayers of the multitude is better than the prayer of one. In fact, for every verse that you find that indicates that, I can show you 10 that will show you the power of one simple prayer. It doesn't matter how many people pray. It just matters that we pray. Prayer is meant to be an ongoing conversation with God. Christianity is not so much a religion as it is a relationship between imperfect humans and a perfect Savior. Like any type of relationship, communication is key. Can you imagine... 
never speaking to your spouse, but expecting them to answer you. It's the same with God. We, we complain about God not answering our prayers, but let me ask you, are you actively praying to God and bringing your petitions to him? Or are you just hoping he will do something that you want him to do? But maybe you've never really asked him. I don't know. Maybe you have never really asked him. So prayer is not a means of taking control of your life, using it as, as leverage to get what you want. I, I'm not sure how your relationships work in your life, but in, in our household, um, I can demand, and I do, for a great many things to happen. But sadly, very few, if any, get fulfilled. Until I have a conversation with my wife. I can stamp my feet and cry like a baby that I want something, and she's just going to stand there and laugh at me. But when I invite her into a conversation with me, where we can dialogue, hear each other, sense each other's emotional input on the decision, on the need, on the want, that's when things change. It's the same way with our children. Same thing we do with our relatives. Communication is key. So in the kingdom of God, there is no such thing as an unanswered prayer. There is not. God answers every single prayer. Scripture tells us he does. Scripture does not lie. God promises to always listen to every prayer. So he does answer, just like my wife does. Yes, no, or wait. And I think it's because we don't like the answer we get that we say that God didn't answer our prayers. But prayer is not about getting what you want. Don't miss this. If you take anything away today, let this be the one thing you take away. Prayer is not about getting what you want. It's about aligning your will to the will of our Father in heaven. When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was about to go to the cross. He, fully human, fully God, was afraid. He did not want to die a grisly death on a cross. And so he prayed. He told God how wonderful of a father he was. And he said, Father, if you can take this cup from me, if you can, if you can not send me to the cross, I sure would appreciate it. But then he said, but not my will, but your will be done. How many times have you prayed prayed for something, you needed something, you, you, you wanted something, something needed to change in your life, and so you, you asked God. Maybe you demanded. Maybe you argued. Did you think that you might have to submit, though, before the will of the Father and say, but thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Not my will, but your will. Psalm 37.4 is a well-known yet often misinterpreted Bible verse. It says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. 
That sounds like a genie in the bottle type of a prayer. So you can interpret this verse as saying that if you focus on enjoying God, he will give you everything that you want. But I think that's, that's an error. I think we ought to understand it to mean that if you take delight in God over and above anything else in your life, he will shape your heart. He will shape your will so it wants things that God already wants to give you. So his desires then become your desires. That fundamentally to me is what prayer is. It's about our aligning our lives, our wills, our wants, our desires to those that actually belong to God and to what he wants to give us. Pete Gregg, the founder of the 24-7 prayer movement, says this. He says, it's in prayer that we use our will to come into agreement with God's will. Let your kingdom come. I mean, God knows better than you do what the eventual outcomes of every situation will be. If you pray for dry weather uh, for an outdoor event your church has planned, God might already know in advance another reason why it ought to rain outside. And it's easy to accept this idea when it's simple as simple as the weather. But when it comes to something that affects our personal situation in life, that's the test of faith right there. When it means the well-being of your child or your own personal health and safety or, or the direction that you want to take your family in. It's a lot easier to trust God with the weather sometimes than it is to trust God with ourselves and those that we love. That's, that's when the test of faith really comes in. We might ask for healing from God, but maybe he wants to use our illnesses for his glory in another way. We might ask for a chance to move somewhere else, but, but maybe he wants us to stay where we are because he wants to use you where you are right now. In your decrease or in your increase, you may want that to change, but what if God wants you to live in decrease or he wants you to live in increase because he's going to use your life circumstances to reach other people for his glory? I've recently been diagnosed with Lymphoma. It was diagnosed at Christmas time. We caught it early. Don't know what my expectations is for living. I'm not on chemo. I'm not getting radiation therapy. Going in for a, a, a biopsy on Tuesday. Um, something's grown a little large, larger than the doctors like. And, and the men and the women that I've entrusted this to early for prayer, my prayer has not changed. It's Lord. Can you heal me? Because I have a granddaughter coming. And then she came. Then it's, Lord, can you heal me? I want to continue to see my granddaughter and be with my wife and with my children. But at the end of the day, I always ask people who are praying for me, can you please pray that I would be content with whatever God's will is for my life? That doesn't make me a spiritual giant. 
That just means I want my will to be aligned with God's. And I really want God's will <laughs> to be the same as mine right now, which is complete and utter divine healing. But sometimes, for whatever reason, more often than not, God has another plan. And I know he has a plan for me. And I know it's a good plan. I just need people to pray for me that I'd be okay with whatever that plan is. The Apostle Paul tells us in Philippians 4, 6 and 7, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then there's this, this next section. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Did you catch that? How does peace come into our lives? Through prayer. Through aligning our will with God's will. It's through prayer that you develop a trusting relationship with God. Consistent, sincere, meaningful prayer. Sometimes you do the talking, and sometimes you need to do the listening. And it's through prayer that God transforms your heart so that having your requests fulfilled becomes secondary to feeling truly known by God and knowing how precious you are to him. I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up now uh, to prepare for another song. As they come up, I just want to touch on one last thing, and that's hurdles to prayer. That we, the reasons why maybe we don't pray or ask for a prayer. I think that the first one is that there's a fear of disappointment. Yeah, maybe. You're, you're, you're scared that if you pray for God that he won't give you exactly what you want. But remember, that ought to be secondary. First and foremost, it's just about aligning your will to his. So you don't need to be scared of being disappointed because if you align your will with God, you will never be disappointed. You will be utterly blessed by him. Sometimes people don't like to pray because they, they don't know the right way to pray. I've said it before, I'll say it again. There is no right way to pray. I was blessed not too long ago with a person who is, um, I guess, is... They're inaudible. They can't put words together to form meaningful sentences. But when that person prays, while I cannot understand a word they are saying, God in heaven knows everything that person is saying. And what a blessing to know that God doesn't, it doesn't matter how we pray, how we stumble, how we say God nine times in a row. It, it doesn't matter if we forget names of the people we're praying for. It doesn't matter if our hands are shaking while we pray. It just matters that we pray. And we do it sincerely because God knows the sincerity of our hearts. And I think another hurdle of prayer is, is just pride. I share my stories, not for my glory and edification, but because I'm trying to help my brothers and my sisters to chip away at any pride that they might have in their life. Pride that I once held strongly onto. That I never wanted anyone to know my failings my weaknesses. But I have learned in this Christian journey of mine that the less prideful I am, the more blessed I become. The more transparent I am, 
the more blessed I become. The more I'm willing to admit that I'm weak, the more blessed I become. These reasons that we give of why we neglect or avoid prayer, they're understandable. I'm not here to beat you overhead with a stick. Everyone experiences times when praying feels like too much hard work without any visible, obvious, immediate reward. But if you want, if you want your relationship with God to grow deeper over time, you need to communicate with him regularly. There are no rules about how many times each day you must pray or what time of day, at night, in the morning, a meal. There's no regulations. But the more time that you spend with him, the more time you spend with anyone, the more known and safer you will feel. The more you bring someone into the situation in your life, the more you will feel understanding. This is true of a friend or a spouse, and it's true of God, our Father in heaven. God wants to know, God wants you to know him in a very real way that transforms every aspect of who you are. That's why we pray. Prayer is the one way he chooses to make that happen. So part of being in community is praying together. So we're going to sing, and then we're going to pray. Let's pray. Behold, you are God, and there is none beside you. God, you spoke the first word, and you will have the final say. You stand there as holiness, and yet you have made a way for us to be in your presence. You hold absolute power. You place the stars in the heavens, and you even call them by name. You are, the perf you are perfect in every way. You knew our inability to meet your standards, so you took on the life of a man. You came to this world, lived a perfect life, and sacrificed yourself to provide us a way into your presence. There is no greater life than to follow your will. You are a father, one that loves us more than life itself. Your love for us goes beyond our comprehension. You have a plan for each of us, one of us, plans to bless us as we walk in obedience to you. You know the motivation for our actions. To be included in your kingdom is the greatest gift there is. You are the true vine and we are the branches. Apart from you, we can do nothing of lasting value. Almighty God, your author of life, we already know of your creation. The vast oceans reflect your majesty. The ever-changing skies renew our lands. The deep valleys carry your peace and shelter. You're our savior of the world. We're amazed at your grace. The nations find peace in your forgiveness. They suffer hope in healing hands. The burden rests in your promise of heaven. Your unconditional love. 
We are privileged to be filled by your presence. The youth are filled with your vision. The old are filled with your wisdom. My heart is filled with adoration when I lift my, knee, my eyes to you. For you are Lord of all creations. You make all things new. My soul is filled with lasting peace. When I close my eyes to sleep, for you are Lord. You're right beside me. I'm safe with you, your keep. My mind is filled with inspiration when I open my eyes anew. For you are hope and love outspoken. Your words are full of truth. My life is full of aspirations when I see through eyes that weep. For you are Lord of the grand and broken. May I be your hands and feet. We praise for your healing hand working in Brian Hovland and Barb Detchen. We praise you, Lord, for giving us a new life direction. You have promised that you will direct our path. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lead, lead not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. We praise you, Lord, for the promise of peace found in John 14, 25 to 27. All these I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave you, but my peace I give you. Do not give to you as the world gives. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. We praise you, God, for all the families that call new life their home. New families and long-term families. You're the one that brings others here to experience your goodness, greatness, and your salvation. Lord, as some of the petitions that you wish or praises have come, we pray for Abigail and Elijah de la Cruz as they are starting a new family. What a blessing. Fill them with peace and power of your presence through, his, through this pregnancy. Lord, I personally thank you for uh, my niece, our niece, Mesley, who has been going through health challenges, but Lord, you're carrying her through, and we praise you for that, Lord. We praise you for more and more people going back to work, and uh, we, we need that, Lord, and we thank you for that. We ask this, Lord, in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Good morning. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we humbly come before you, knowing that you are unchanging and always faithful. We are your people, dearly loved and cherished by you. In our families, there are spouses or family members 
who do not know salvation in Jesus Christ. And this is a great burden on our hearts. Protect our believing brothers and sisters in Christ through the power of your name, that you will grant them wisdom and discernment, joy and encouragement as they navigate their relationships with one another. Through your generous grace, encourage those at a distance to come near and seek freedom in Jesus Christ, that they too will know the peace of God. Manifestations of mental challenges and illness exist for many of us in our fellowship. We're thinking of family members who struggle and suffer from anxiety, depression, post-trauma stress disorder, addictions, and others, which impair their daily lives and walk with God. We ask you that you will provide healing, strength, and encouragement to those who carry these burdens. Let them be shining lights in this dark world. Let us, lead us to reach out to one another in love and offer kindness and understanding to one another. We pray for healing and peace and the strength to overcome fear and anxiety for a person who recently received a cancer diagnosis. We ask for healing of this cancer and victory over this affliction. Grant faith and courage to this person and extended family and guide the hands and minds of medical professionals who are seeking a solution. For our children and grandchildren, regardless of age or circumstances, we ask that they will seek wise counsel and exercise spiritual wisdom and discernment when confronted with decisions and choices in their daily lives. Grant us wisdom, patience, and gentleness as we provide leadership and support for our children in love that we together will bring honor to God in faithfulness and obedience. We pray for a person in our fellowship who experienced the loss of a loved one recently. Give rest and consolation in your comforting arms and your nearness and peace through this time of grief and loss. We ask that you will be with the family as they gather to remember, to be comforted, and to bid farewell. We lift up those of our fellowship who are seeking employment in these trying times. Their gifts, skills, and abilities are known to you. Lead them into situations where they are best able to support themselves and their families financially, and where they can be of the greatest service to you. Grant them faith and perseverance, knowing you are with them in their search and that you value their lives. We thank you for providing what we have needed to navigate and overcome the effects of COVID. We are often weary and often discouraged. We ask you for your strength and perseverance that we will stand in Christ in spite of the temptation to fear, physical and mental suffering, and the loss of loved ones. As your holy and dearly loved children, guide and direct our lives and daily refresh us that we may bring honor and glory to you 
and the way we live every day. Help us to put to death sin in our lives, to seek you through the reading of the word and prayer, to love and serve one another, bear with and forgive one another as Christ has forgiven us, and in humility, mentor and wash one another's feet. Show us how to seek and receive the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. In all things, your will be done. We rest in your promises and grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I know we're going along, but we need to pray. Would you please just take a few moments in the silence of our hearts, with silence all around us, and let's pray together but separately. Talk to your God. Let's pray. Not my will be done, but yours. God's people said, Amen. You dismiss. God bless you. Go and pray.